0: Thank you for listening to this teaching from the prayer room for more teachings, notes, downloads, or to subscribe to our podcast, as well as information about who we are and our upcoming events, visit our website at TPRDFW.com. All right. Well, notes are being passed around and these notes are thick tonight. Uh, We are not going to get through all the information, but we will at least cover all the major concepts. In tonight's session, Father, we ask You in Jesus' name for Your grace to rest on us tonight as we study something fascinating in the Word about Your end-time plans. I pray, Father, that You'd release Revelation to connect ideas that maybe we've never seen before to put them all together into one storyline. pray in Jesus' name. Well, tonight is uh, the book of Revelation, and our session tonight is entitled, Drastic Change in Topography. If you don't know what that word topography means, I uh, learned that when I was doing a little bit of re- uh, uh, real estate uh, back in the day. <clears throat> and it's, it's what, um, in any sort of a geographical area, it's the description of the highs and the lows and the water lines and and the edges of uh, you know a property and such and so talking about the Earth's topography we're really talking about the mountains and the islands and and the landforms and you know the valleys the ups and downs we're talking about the the way that the earth um, uh, in its nuanced uh, elevations uh, plays out because we all know that the earth uh, in even in Arlington And it's not as flat as we'd like to say that it is. If you've ever gone up and down Park Row uh, in Pantego, there is at least one hill in Arlington. So that's part of the topography of our area is those ups and those downs. So we're talking about tonight some drastic changes that are going to occur in the global landscape during the end times. I mean things you just could not possibly imagine. And uh, we're going to look at a ton of verses tonight. First, I want to give us a a little bit of kind of the broad strokes here, Um, and uh, if we're able to bring the house lights up just a little bit if they're not already. We're going to talk about the face of the earth shifting greatly, and uh, one of the things that Isaiah 24 says, this is just such an ominous statement from the mouth of the Lord about the end time drama, Isaiah 24, see the Lord is going to lay waste the earth and devastate it, he will ruin its face. What an intense statement. The face of the earth by the hand of the Lord and all of the end time judgments will be effectually ruined. So the the way that the face of the earth, it's it's the subject of topography, says he is going to so shift and change the face of the earth during the end time drama that it could be rightly said, God will ruin the face of the earth. What an intense statement. Well, I want to talk a little bit about these changes. One, the changes are drastic. Genesis 9 11 is, a, uh, is an indicator of what God won't do, but it's also maybe a little bit of a warning of everything else is still on the table. Genesis 9:11 says I establish my covenant with you never again will all life be destroyed by waters of a flood never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth but it's really interesting that God didn't say never again will I destroy the earth never again will there be devastations that will cause such you know tremendous you know ache or whatever he says he limited it to water he said, never again will I kill everybody by water only. My gosh, there's, that's a, that leaves a lot of wiggle room there for what else God might do. And the end time drama tells us the changes are going to be drastic. The changes are multi-sourced. It's not just an earthquake. It's not just a flood. It's not just this type of judgment or that type of judgment. The changes that are coming related to the topography... The way the landscape is, the highs and the lows, the locations of stuff. It's going to be impacted by many, many sources, not just one source alone. Reason that that might be helpful is as we study this subject, and as you see it in the Word at other times in your reading, you might want to make note of the different ways that the earth is going to be shifted in the end time drama, because it's a long list of sources, not just one Next, the changes will be progressive. What do I mean by that? It's not just one moment in time. Pick any category. It's not just one moment in time that though, that, that particular category, let's pick the mountains for, an in, for instance, that the mountains will all be destroyed and it's over. There is an entire storyline of God doing stuff to mountains. So it's not just one time that something happens with mountains, it's it's all different types of ways that the Lord's impacting mountains at different time intervals and in different ways. And so each subject, there's a progress, a progression of events. So we don't want to be thinking, oh, that's the one time something happens to mountains. No, there are tons of times that stuff happened to mountains. It's a story, not a moment. That's an important detail when we're talking about the topography changing. Also, the changes are on purpose. This one is so intent. I, I just want to remind you of the verse we just read out of Isaiah 24. God said, I, or he, it, it says he, he will ruin the face of the earth. It's God doing it. So whether it comes through an earthquake that God started, or it comes through this other devastation that God's responsible for, or whatever, it's God is the one doing it, but he's not doing it and then surprised by the way that it ended up. Oh man, that earthquake caused a giant thing over there. I had no idea that would happen. The earthquakes and other things that are going to be occurring, they're all not only strategic to cause devastation, they're strategic to shift the topography exactly how it will be shifted. So it's not accidental, it's on purpose, okay? So really, you want to be thinking about this because we've never seen, since the creation of the world, we have not seen this level of. Uh, surgical precision by the hand of the Lord, reshaping the way that the planet looks and feels and flows. Not since the creation. So it's very, it's an intriguing subject. Sources of the change. I've got on here a number of sources. One, rising heat. Rising heat will cause uh, some significant changes in the way that the, uh, that the earth uh, functions, flows. It will even impact the topography. Rampant fires is another one. And those are separate from the rising heat. I have no doubt that some rising heat situations will cause fires. But there are plenty of fires that are going to be burning that are unrelated to uh, the increase of heat. Unpredictable floods. We're talking about floods that will occur in the end times that won't be uh, parallel to the flood in Genesis. But they will be the most tremendous floods that the earth has ever seen before. And that will cause significant change in the way that the earth is shaped and, and, uh, I mean, not shaped in the sense that it won't be a sphere anymore, but shaped in the way that the land masses are, where their ends are, where islands are or aren't, uh, how the land masses look and feel. I I just say this, after the end time drama, there's going to be a whole lot of places you've seen pictures of, and they won't look that way anymore. And I'm not just talking about the cities. I'm talking about the mountainscape and the valleys and the, the lakes and the oceans and a lot of things. Abnormal hail. Another source of change in the way that uh, the, uh, the world will look and feel is hail. That is so intense to think that hail could change anything. <laughs> I mean, I've just, I have never been uh, experienced or heard of a hailstorm that changed the way that the earth looked. But there's coming hailstorms that will. Severe earthquakes, that one's just kind of a given. Unprecedented tsunamis from a number of different uh, reasons and sources. But when you've got the kinds of tsunamis that are coming, they're going to change things drastically. We are talking about the most dramatic transition in the actual earth that's ever happened since the creation. We talk about the end times and we often talk about the most dramatic transitions that have ever occurred in the world As for, as uh, in uh, connection to people, all true. Tonight we're looking at the actual planet. The planet is gonna change. One of my favorite, and this has been a, a, a source of a lot of conversation amongst our, our leaders and our, our teachers around here over the course of the last season, and it's becoming one of my favorite subjects, is how much the earth will change because of Jesus' procession, specifically related to the second coming of Jesus and magical things occurring by Jesus' march. Wild things that you just be like, you can't even believe how much the planet is going to be impacted by the physical coming of Jesus. Gave you a few verses there. Well, my plan now, and I just, I want to strongly encourage you guys as fast as we're having to go through the material tonight, go read all these Bible verses on your own. Go read every one of these, chew on them, pray about them. Ask the Lord to give you additional understanding. Ask him to enlighten the eyes of your understanding so that you're not just reading words, but you're getting revelation about what these words mean. Ask the Lord for a little word for, you know, pictures in your head and ideas about what these things could look like. These are incredible verses. So I want to encourage you to do that with this whole, you know, 11 pages uh, when you're when you're done. All right, so now let's go into specific areas. So we talked about the sources. Now let's talk about when those sources do bad stuff, what is impacted one category at a time. Let's start with mountains. First, current mountains moving. Mountains are not by design supposed to move, okay? It's like a big you know red oak. Red oaks are supposed to stay put, put. Mountains are not supposed to move. The mountains are gonna move heavens receded like a scroll being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Removed from the place that it was. I, I actually like the uh, New King James Version better the way that it reads here. It says, moved from its place. I think that's actually more accurate of what's uh, going on. So, current mountains moving. New mountains created. There's some occasions where there's going to be some new mountains... Uh, that are going to be created, and uh, and that's not an unheard of thought process. You know, if you've got massive tectonic plate activity and plates colliding, sometimes when they collide, they can cause a mountain to you know form right where those two plates hit. Uh, sometimes it causes a major earthquake. Sometimes it just causes the dirt to get pressed and go up. Well, there's going to be some major mountains created in the course of time. New mountains. That's just wow. Not used to that idea. Old mountains leveled. Look at Isaiah 40, 3-4. Every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged places a plain. Every mountain and hill made low. So not only mountains, but also hills. I'll give you a few other verses there. Still stay on that mountain part though. Go to the, uh, Isaiah 42. I'll lay waste the mountains and hills. Ezekiel 38. The mountains will be overturned. Think about that. You know, if you've ever uh, played in a sandbox and you ever had, you know, kind of your hand underneath the sand, and then you were able to turn that sand over, you wound up creating a a great uh, shift in the topography of that sandbox. Mountains being overturned. Can you imagine the top of a mountain winding up at the bottom and the bottom of a mountain winding up at the top? These are, that's crazy. And it's in your Bible. Mountains overturned, that doesn't mean gentle shakings. It means mountains overturned. That is a profound thought process. Hills removed, every mountain and hill made low, hills removed. Like that little one I told you about in Pantigo. The Park Crow Hill removed. That's a real problem for the Pantigoites, okay? And somebody tell Robbie McKenna because they live at the top of that hill. When mountains move, it causes great shaking. It causes great impact. I mean, there's, there's going to be ramifications of those hills and mountains being removed, overturned, all that stuff. All right, let's talk about the next. Plains, valleys, and highways. So in this section, we're looking at really just a lot of the change of dirt that's not mountains it's kind of everything else <laughs> it's kind of the it's the area next to the mountain it's it's all the other dirt that's going to be wind up shaking and shifting but look at this isaiah 40 verse 4 every valley shall be raised up and it look a little bit further the rugged places a plain you know it is highly unusual this is like kind of unheard of unusual for tectonic activity the stuff that causes earthquakes and causes those, you know, rises and stuff. It is highly unusual. I can't think of an occasion. I'm sure it's happened, but it is very unusual that that sort of, tech, uh, of uh, activity would actually cause things to get less chaotic. Would actually cause things to be smooth. It says new planes will be made. Well, a plane means a smooth area. Normally you think about all this activity that's happening, it's causing crazy, but it says here specifically, rugged places. Think about jagged areas, rugged areas that now get straightened down and become a plane. They weren't a plane before, something happens and now they're a plane, new planes. Wow. I mean, it's kind of like the least exciting landform, planes, you know, just rolling nothingness just goes on forever. Got to see a little bit of that on our way to Kansas City last week. I mean, it just goes on forever. Well, you're talking about new places of that. Well, what was there a minute ago? Something else. Highways made. This is one of those intriguing points about the return of the Lord. Isaiah 49, verse 11. I will turn all my mountains into roads. The heck does that mean? And my highways will be raised up. Isaiah 40 Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. I want you to picture this, okay? Just kind of get a general idea. Imagine that plain, okay? And then all of a sudden, a 40 foot, I don't know how tall, it doesn't say, a 40 foot, a 100 foot highway gets birthed. And it's not a highway that's paved with cement and such. But it's back in in the hour of you know their traveling they would still have roadways that would mostly be you know just foot traffic kind of a roadways imagine if all of a sudden 40 feet up in the air was kind of like a levee that was flat on top for people to be able to walk and it just it formed this like path a highway that was formed out of nowhere it wasn't there a minute ago and all of a sudden this highway is formed that's crazy there's like I'm just gonna guess a dozen maybe 20 verses on that subject. It's it's one you can't just get rid of. It's really really profound how much is in there about that particular point. New valleys being made. Valleys being filled in. Look at this one. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up and every mountain and hill made low. Just imagine that twofold. Mountain comes down, so now you got a lot of dirt that used to be up dirt. Well, now that up dirt more or less gets, you know, bulldozed into the low dirt, into the valleys. And it's almost like God pushes down on a mountain with his finger. And when he does, that dirt just kind of redistributes and fills in valleys. I mean, this is going to be crazy stuff. I mean, Silicon Valley is going to be in trouble. There are valleys in the earth that are going to have some real change in the way that they look, feel, and flow. It's going to drastically change the topography of the earth. Impact on islands. Oh, man. Woe to the islands. This is intense. Islands moved. Same verse as we looked at earlier in uh, Revelation, uh, Revelation 8. <clears throat> yeah, Revelation 6. The sky receded like a scroll. Here, I gave you the New King James in this one. And when it rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. Islands moved. You don't want islands moving. I mean, that changes its geography. It changes its address, you know, on the you know, the latitude-longitude coordinates. Islands moving is a real problem. Plus. Any island that moves, there's so much connected to that, so much life and such. Oh, but it gets worse. Then it says all the islands fled away. They're gone. You know, before we were talking about God sticking his finger down on a mountain, similarly with the islands, just whoop, 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 they're all gone. All the islands going bye bye in the end time drama. It's so intense. But there's going to be some new islands formed. I gave you a couple verses there for you to, you know, look at, just kind of break up those, those details and look at them and study them a little bit. Some new islands formed. I put on there specifically the new rock island that's going to get formed when uh, Revelation eight eight happens. The second angel sounded his trumpet and something like a huge mountain all ablaze was thrown into the sea. More than likely, because of the terminology huge mountain, and more than likely because of the, uh, the, uh, wa- the vast majority of the ocean isn't the deepest parts of the ocean. The vast majority of the ocean is little deep, medium deep, even kind of deep, not super, super deep. The likelihood of this huge mountain, wherever it lands in the ocean, more than likely it's going to be a lot deeper than the water. What do you have? You now have a mountain that came out of the sky. Well, that's not the only thing that's coming out of the sky during the end time drama. Sometimes the word gives us specific details of specific events, and then other times the word gives us trends. And there's gonna be some tremendous trends in the end times related to cosmic activity, things coming out of the sky, and it, it would not surprise me at all if some of what we experience in the coming decades, even before we look at the final three and a half years, is stuff coming out of the sky that winds up impacting the Earth in some profound ways. Okay, keeping going. Impact on the seas and coastlands. Rising sea levels from melting ice caps. Talk about that tremendous heat. We gave a little bit of intro on that. Tremendous heat. Just a little bit on that. If all the, uh, just the Antarctic, so that's not both caps, that's just one. It's estimated that if all of the Antarctic ice melted, sea levels around the world would rise 200 feet. Now, there's two uh, ice caps, and we don't know that both of them are going to completely melt. It doesn't say that. But you know what? There's a ton of cities that would be in deep trouble if the water level rose 20 feet. That would be really bad for a bunch of cities. 50 feet would be bad for a ton more. So if if the sea level rises, that's going to cause problems coastlands reshaped. Just think about that water level rising and what that would equal to certain coastland areas and, I mean, parts of Florida gone. I mean, just I mean just lots of places. Just really reshaping the coastlands. It also says that some of the seas are going to dry up. And it doesn't give us a lot of clarity on which ones or to what degree that impact will be, but there's plenty of verses about seas drying up in the end time drama. And then... Even after the seas dry up, then you've got after the millennial period, after Jesus has ruled and reigned for a thousand years, then it says there will be no more sea. Just think about what that does to how much more travelable land there is on planet Earth. We were talking a minute ago about you know, not so deep sea, medium deep sea, super deep sea. What about when that sea is gone and now all of that is now more or less valleys and all sorts of new, interesting places to be explored and everything else. And then don't forget the river of the water of life will be running from the throne into all the earth. That river will bring life wherever it goes as intended to make glad the city of our God and then also the planet of our God. I think that sea or that uh, river of the water of life is going to be flowing all throughout uh, the the world in various ways. It's going to really change things. Impact on the forests and the rivers. The Earth's forests flattened and burned. You know, we don't often think about forest as part of topography, and maybe it's not, strictly speaking. But if you're looking at the Earth from, you know, an orbit sort of a standpoint, there is a tremendous amount of the landmass, the landscape of, of the dirt on planet Earth that's covered in forests. And we're told by plenty of Bible verses there's going to be tremendous fires that are going to impact that, uh, the where and how much of, uh, of trees there are in those forested areas, as well as even hail getting rid of forested areas. That's unthinkable. I can picture fire. It's very difficult for me to imagine forests being flattened by hail, but that's what your Bible says. Pretty intense. Some rivers drying up. Look at this Isaiah 50, verse 2. I turn rivers into a desert. Uh, Isaiah 19 says, The waters of the river will dry up. This is talking about rivers that will actually be impacted by the activity of God in the last uh, days and the various droughts and judgments and all sorts of things. I mean, just even think of the way that an earthquake could cause one river that's been flowing forever, depending on the way that that earthquake impacts a certain area of geography, you could wind up completely re-diverting that river course, and now where that river used to flow, they'll never get water again. That kind of stuff. All sorts of manner of things that can occur. River courses changed. I just gave you that one. New rivers formed. It talks about some of that, where there'll be streams in the wasteland. New rivers we were never before rivers well let's do this now we'll end here with some specific impact that's related to the nation of israel geographically so where israel located and even more specifically jerusalem though there's some things that are outside of jerusalem and some things uh beyond that uh, entirely but still in relationship to the nation of israel There are some specific uh, sorts of impact that we're told about, not in the general sense. We're told right here in Israel, at this area of Israel, this crazy thing is going to shift related to the topography, okay? So let's look at a few of those, and I don't claim that these are all of them. In fact, I was just thinking of one or two more that I forgot on this list, Uh, but anyway, here's a few of them. The river of life flowing from Jerusalem, when Jesus establishes his kingdom, He's going to set up his throne in Jerusalem, and I gave you a bunch of verses there for you to be able to put the storyline together. The river of the water of life is going to flow out from underneath the throne of Jesus, which will be located in Jerusalem, and that river is going to flow out of it and then flow to the othermost parts of the earth. It says wherever it flows, that uh, things, areas, that water will teem with living creatures wherever it flows. Well, it's going to be flowing more or less to the whole planet, which will be a giant mess right before that because of everything turned into blood and all the devastation and all the death of things it's going to be massive impact but specifically that river is flowing from Jerusalem so there's a point of topography we can count on specifically related to a new river on planet earth and it's geographical location being not only Israel Jerusalem not only Jerusalem throne underneath Jesus' tutsis. is coming the river of the water of life next Jerusalem will be raised up This is a remarkable and very important part of end time prophecy related to the exaltation of the city of Jerusalem proper. It will be exalted above all the nations, not just in the, hey, Jerusalem's cool, you know, it's exalted. It will actually be physically lifted higher above any other city on the planet and will be a visual spectacle for all the ages to come that that's God's city, Jerusalem. So I gave you there, Jerusalem will be raised up. Give you a few verses on that. I guess I gave me maybe four or five on that. It's an important subject. The Mount of Olives, which is just east of Jerusalem, kind of northeast of Jerusalem, it's currently a mountain. It's there now. Uh, We've got, I mean, you can go there now. It's got, you know, record in in, uh, biblical history. It's a real mountain. We're told on that day, Jesus' feet will stand on the Mount of Olives east of Jerusalem, and the Mount of Olives will be split in two from east to west, forming a great valley with half of the mountain moving north and half of the mountain moving south. And then the Jews that are in Jerusalem that are about to get waylaid by the Antichrist, they will flee out the back door of the city that was just created through this mountain valley that was just created by Jesus. A new valley that will be put into place by Jesus at his entering into Jerusalem. Uh, The eventual uh, full descent of the uh, new Jerusalem that's going to change things dramatically. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it right now, but it's going to be wild. And then the last one I want to look at, just because it's so crazy, this is a massive shift in topography. It's going to cover perhaps an entire nation's worth of uh, the physical space on the face of the earth, and that is the modern-day nation of Jordan, the former uh, b- biblical, historical nation of Edom. There is going to be the physical uh, 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 visible expression of the lake of fire on the planet during Jesus's millennial rule and after. You'll be able to see the lake of fire with your eyes as a walker about on planet earth because it's there as a memorial, as a testimony against wickedness forever right there. And by the way, you've got, you know, what some You know, a couple hundred uh, uh, miles this way, you've got the Lake of Fire. And a couple hundred miles that way, you've got the New Jerusalem, the city of heaven, in dynamic connection to the earth. So you have actually heaven and hell on earth in visual expression. You can see both of them. You can look to your right or to your left. Let's look here. Uh, This is Isaiah 34, 8 through 11. The Lord has a day of vengeance, a year of retribution, to uphold Zion's cause. There has never been a time in human history where the nation of Israel will be so hunted and destroyed and hurt and persecuted and hated as the hour we are entering into. Anti-Semitism and the hatred for Israel will rise to the highest levels that has ever been far eclipsing even World War II. There are horrific things written. And then, the great redemption of the Lord, the year of his retribution. It's says this in the year of his retribution, Edom's streams will be turned into pitch. Her dust into burning sulfur. Her land will become blazing pitch. It will not be quenched night or day. Its smoke will rise forever. Forever. The word forever means exactly what you think it means. A fire burning forever well where's the fire presumably the entire nation of edom will be a fire burning forever from generation to generation just in case you had any question about how long this lasted it will lie desolate no one will ever pass through it again The desert owl and the screech owl will possess it. The great owl and the raven will nest there. God will stretch out over Edom the measuring line of chaos and the plumb line of desolation. Somebody needs to write a book. Just call it that because that is the coolest line in the whole Bible right there. And it's, it's really intense. But the reason for the language is... The prophet Isaiah is trying to help everyone understand God is going to do something unique with the land of Edom, modern day Jordan. That you cannot imagine. It's something unlike anything you've ever seen or experienced before in human history. It is unlike that. It will burn forever. It will go for generations. It will be something that will be noted by all people. It is God is going to stretch out the measuring line of chaos and the plumb line of desolation over the nation of Jordan. Oh my gosh. That is so intense. Now... It stands to reason for me, just as a little side point and then we'll break you up into groups, that the nation of Jordan, which is currently a Muslim nation, of course, it stands to reason That not only historically did Edom cause so much issue for Israel, it stands to reason that in the end time drama, the modern day nation or or territory of Edom, which is Jordan, will also stand greatly against God's purposes and stand in high persecution of the nation of Israel. That just, I would would be way more surprised if that's not the case uh, than I would be if it is the case. I think that this is part of the, the historical game plan here. Okay. Okay. All right, we're going to go ahead and transition now to our time of uh, group Q&A. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to repeat the uh, questions that you guys are asking, uh, so that way those that are watching us online or on their camera phones uh, can um, uh, know what the questions are, because otherwise they wouldn't hear them. Okay, so uh, Luke Cooper, why don't we start with you guys? So uh, Revelation 16 verse 20 says, (laughs) every island fled away and the mountains could not be found and the question is does this mean that there's no more mountains and there's no more islands yes uh if this was just an isolated verse we might have a little bit we might want to try to like interpret it or something but there are so many verses, um, thinking specifically of the ones that we're reading tonight in Isaiah, that talk about every mountain being made low, laid low and every valley raised up. We're talking about the most drastic shift in the way that the earth feels and flows. And so <clears throat> the uh, the islands and the mountains, with the exception of the mountain of Israel, or at least the mountain of Jerusalem. Uh, Jerusalem is going to be raised up as a mountain above all the other territory. Uh, and who knows what other mystery that the Lord has uh, you know, for us in this, because even the timing of this, let's play with the, the chronology here a little bit. Uh, Revelation chapter 16 uh, is the final bowl of wrath being poured out. But Jesus is still marching to Jerusalem and will continue to be you know, marching. And he comes into Jerusalem and he's been raising up areas uh, you know, in his processional march. And so there's, there's just some interesting things about the timing there that leave us with <clears throat> some wonder about how does this end time event impact this end time event? Because there's, there's so many uh, you know, raising up and lowering and stuff. So. Bottom line, though, uh, Revelation 16, verse 20, every island and every mountain gone, and so you just want to think about. You know, I keep using that picture of the snow globe, and the Lord held holding the the planet like it's a snow globe, and shaking that thing, and that shaking is causing high places to come low and low places to become high a little bit and level out a little. Now, I don't understand all of His purposes for this. But he's going to be doing some massive shaking uh, in this, including the mountains and the islands being removed. They're gone. So powerful, crazy thought process. All right, uh, Luke Fredenberg. Yeah. So uh, the question about the islands of the earth praising his name—it's all in relationship to the Spirit and the Bride say, "Come." Okay, so we're talking about a global end time prayer movement. It's Malachi one eleven incense, pure incense will be rising from everywhere, including all the island nations. That, those promises about every island singing his praise is even before he comes. And it's part of the ushering in of the second coming of the Lord. It's also part of the judgment of the lost on those same islands. Saved, raptured. Unsaved, island go bye-bye. It's part of the way that the Lord is even going to deal judgment uh, to all the all the islands of the earth, and so um, so when you go and you look at the verses related to the islands, do your best to pay attention to the chronology where it's talking about in the passage, because to the best of my knowledge, those verses are all referring to before His coming. They're actually the ushering in of His coming. They would be parallel verses to the Spirit and the Bride say, "Come." So, great question, excellent. Um, all right, back over here, uh, Andy. Absolutely. Excellent question. That's a guy who knows his Bible. All right, so uh, in, uh, in the Gospels, uh, it is a repeated occurrence that Jesus, in relationship to the subject of teaching on faith, references you as a believer, and he's talking to specific believers in front of him that are representative of all believers ever he say, if you have faith, you can say to this mountain, be thrown into the sea. Okay. That kind of a thought process. And the question was, will that have any, uh, touch point with the end time drama? Yeah, absolutely. There will never have been a time where the church is operating in greater faith or greater signs and wonders than when the Joel two twenty eight 28 outpouring happens in its fullness and Everyone's having dreams and visions and operating in the uh, the Luke 4.18 anointing of healing. And there's going to be profound things happening in the body of Christ. When we talk about the end times, the thought that the church is trying to escape the Great Tribulation to get away because it's scared is preposterous. The church is operating in the greatest level of authority and understanding and love and engagement, the greatest commandment, the great commission, the power of God that has ever been in the history of the church. It's the church's greatest moment. it's the church becoming an equally yoked bride to Jesus Christ who's about to come back okay during that moment the church will be doing wild things including saying the mountains go over here do this who knows but if what it says in Isaiah that or was it Ezekiel that every mountain will be overturned who knows but if that won't happen at the word of saints in every place that it's happening I mean, who, who knows if it's like, okay, prophet, you're you're my guy for you know, Pantigo. You go take care of the little hill. Uh, you know, you're my guy for Mount Everest. You're my girl for this one. You're, you know, you're my family for the little kid. You love me. Overturn that mountain. We don't know, but if it won't be the actual words of the saints that are in partnership, whether that verse means that or not, the reality will certainly be the case. Uh, the end time accounts, the the books of the acts of the end time church will be even greater than the book of acts that we have on record it will be unbelievable and no doubt tie into all this uh mountains and rivers i mean the river's drying up and i mean all sorts of things are going to happen at the word of servants of god just like they did in the the bible moses you know says you know puts up the stick the sea parts they're going across the river it dries up i mean there's there's all sorts of moments uh, in the bible that we've got The Lord doing crazy things related to the landscape at the word or the prophetic act of his servants. And so that will absolutely, we have that as pattern in the Bible that will absolutely play into how these things unfold, though we don't know exactly which one on what day by what person. So great question. Yep. Yeah, I don't know, but I will answer the question as best as I can. Uh, the specifically relationship to the Isaiah 34 prophecy about Mount uh, about Edom and it all being a blazing pitch uh and the question is what about the birds because the birds are mentioned in there the owl the screech owl the vulture whichever the yeah raven uh they're they're uh depicted there now two things okay so the question is what are they doing there and how and really the subtle question is and how are they there if it's the lake of fire how, what are they doing, okay? Um, so the first thing is multiple times in the Word, you see the birds. I'm thinking specifically the uh, the Supper of God at the end, that it's all about the birds gorging themselves on the flesh of men, okay? Um, multiple times in the Word, you see the terminology of uh, these these birds Um as part of God's judgment in a very real sense. And there's some debate, and I honestly am not exactly sure where I am on it. Uh, There's some debate of whether these are actually demons that look like birds, or if they're just straight up birds, okay? Uh, But whatever they are, they somehow have the miraculous capacity to be able to exist over the surface of the lake of burning fire. Now, one of the important parts about this the picture that's given in uh, in at least the account of, uh, of uh, Isaiah 34, you know, we picture a lake and we're picturing the middle of the lake where it's all water. But all of us are familiar with lakes and more towards the shoreline, there's like, dead trees coming up out of the water. There's, there's branches and things and little formations and we don't know exactly what is going to be the uh, expression of this lake of fire as it has its surface point on the earth. In the most uh, easy to imagine sense, we imagine fire starting at this geographic point and going 200 miles that way and fire stopping and somehow it's fire, water, it's a lake. But it doesn't really give us details about how this lake looks and feels. I wonder if maybe we should be thinking more about like a kind of old, ugly lake. You know, somewhere in Texas, it's not too deep of water, and it's got lots of yuck in it that's not great for boating. Uh, and, and yeah, every lake. And, so, uh, and so, um, so I wonder how that will look. One thing that we can take away from this is, When you read about the definition of the lake of fire and then you read the uh, description that's found in um, Isaiah 34, the two things are coexisting, not in competition. So whatever version of the lake of fire there is going to be in Edom must have the capacity for ugly birds to also call it their home somehow or other. I'm I'm just imagining some sort of Tim Burton nightmare, you know, where there's dead trees on fire or something and there's one branch up at the top that the screech owl lives at. I don't know. I don't I don't have all that figured out. I do know that the Lord uses these types of birds as a source of judgment in language often and, uh, and so it's going to somehow play into the permanent reality uh, of uh, the land of uh, Edom. So great questions. All right, worship team, you can come on up. Guys, we're learning. I mean, you guys are paying attention. You're asking intuitive questions. Uh, we are at session 85 in this study. We are not newbies to this content anymore. Um, and so next week, we're going to start our, uh, our journey down the, uh, the harlot Babylon, because we're starting in Revelation 17 for the next few weeks. This concludes this teaching from the prayer room. For more resources, please visit our website at tprdfw.com. Thank you.